0: A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive through Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. If you've been following the news at midwestfarmreport.com, you probably have heard about the latest court decision that is again putting the wolf back on the endangered species list. The gray wolves have turned in to be a pretty big challenge for a lot of Wisconsin farmers and rural landowners. Joining us is Tyler Wetzloff, who's uh, the Legislative Affairs, Government Affairs Coordinator for the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation, one of the first groups to speak out after this latest judicial ruling. Honest to goodness, Tyler, I forget how long we've actually been in the court trying to get the gray wolf off the endangered species list.
1: Yeah, this is a revolving record that we've all danced to before. Um, it's probably been at least twenty years that this is put back and forth between the court system, different courts deciding, making different decisions, and different administrations pushing uh, their own their own uh, views on this.
0: Tell people, help people better understand why Wisconsin st- stays so engaged in this conversation, and actually felt some measure of relief when the gray wolves were temporarily removed from the endangered species list. They are a problem for a lot of farmers and landowners.
1: It, it No doubt about it. Uh, you know, we've all heard the stories about, uh, you know, the the slaughtering of, of livestock by packs of wolves that are in northern Wisconsin. But it, it goes beyond that. It's not just the the act itself but it goes to the mental health of the farmers, the long-term viability of their farms. Oh. Um, without a wolf hunt, we have to remember that uh, the depredation payments are not made on a timely basis. And so those end up uh, coming in much later, which uh, hurts the farmers. But then, you know, we've had stories of farmers who their mental health is severely um, deprived when this happens. They have uh they have trouble going away from their farm, getting away from it, because they're worried, you know, when they come back, uh, is their flock still going to be there? Is, there, are there? is their herd still going to be there? Or, is, you know, are they going to be strewn throughout the pasture? So it's really something that um, eats away at, at our members and is not just a, a financial issue, but also a mental health issue.
0: Well, and you make a good point. I've heard stories from farmers that are basically standing there watching their livestock be killed by wolves because it is against the law for them to defend those
1: animals. They they have the ability to step in if they are if they witness something, but again, the chances of them witnessing something are, are very small. It's something that happens typically in the darkness of night um, when when you know it's hard to be able to see when cattle are out in the pasture. Um, it's just, it's it's a very difficult situation. And, you know, we have a, a, a group of uh, wolf proponents that, that feel that non-lethal methods are available to farmers, that this, this is something that they can use. But honestly, it, it just pushes the problem down the road. Mm-hmm. You can't put six-feet fences around every pasture in Wisconsin, and nobody wants to look at that. You can't put bells and whistles on every fence post throughout the state. It just isn't going to work.
0: Let's talk a little bit. Has anybody ever equated the financial damages on this? Tyler, you mentioned about some of the indemnity payments that might come back for producers that are actually losing livestock. Like you said, it doesn't help the mental toll, but have we done any financial tallies on what we lose?
1: There really isn't concrete numbers. You can put a number to the livestock that we lose, the, the payments that are made, but it goes beyond that when you have a loss of uh supply from those that from the, the cows that have been uh chased around the pasture. Um, you know, those are the numbers that you can't you can't get. And in, in the mental health that goes along with it, you you just can't put a dollar amount to those things.
0: So what do we think is going to be next, Tyler? Obviously, Wisconsin uh, wants to continue the conversation. We're talking with Tyler Wensloff, Director of Government Relations for the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation. Again, U.S. District Court has put the gray wolves back on the endangered species list. So what do you see unfolding next? Like I said, I know the conversation is likely to continue.
1: It is, and it won't stop here today. Um, we've We've got farmers here that are angry. They want action. And, and it's time to put a stop to the broken records that are going on and, and the punting of this by not only the judicial system, but, but Congress. We have a carve out from the endangered species list for the Rocky Mountain branch of wolves. It's, it's time to look at maybe a, a legislative fix to this. And we have uh, legislators, both U.S. Senators, uh, Baldwin and Johnson, who have publicly stated the support for removing the wolves from the endangered species list. And now we have a congressman, uh, Congressman Tiffany, who um, has made this a a priority when he was in the state legislature. And I think it might be time for uh, a champion to pick this up within the House and and run with this.
0: You know, though, we have to understand they could face major whiplash, major backlash, uh, because this effort to keep the gray wolf on the endangered species list well-funded with uh, animal rights groups.
1: You're exactly right, Pam. We should be celebrating the wolf as a success story under the endangered species list, just like, just like the, the American bald eagle. Instead, we're using the endangered species list as this political hammer to push an ideal of you know, a bygone era. Wolves definitely belong in the landscape. There's no doubt about that. But they are not going to populate 90% of their habitat like, like they used to. It's just not possible anymore. The habitat is not there. The, the food is not there. But they can, they can coexist with, with our members. And we want them to. We, we definitely want them to. But, but using the endangered species list as a uh, hammered to push your own political beliefs is not what it's meant to do. It's meant to to keep you know the the species that we need on the on the uh, environment, and it's time to use it appropriately.
0: And, you know, the other thing is uh, there seems to be consensus, or at least a conversation, with our very own Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources on some of these same things. Correct, Tyler?
1: Yeah, we've we've had conversations with them about you know, the need to, to maintain a, uh, a working relationship with the DNR and, and having the wolf uh, as a coexistence on, on the habitat with our members. And we definitely need that to move forward. And we have a great working relationship with the DNR. We, we had a representative that uh, served on both wolf committees, the, the quota committee and also the state management committee, and we're looking forward to uh, continuing our relationship with the DNI to move forward with a, a new uh, wolf management plan that we should be seeing within the next month or so.
0: Tyler Wentzloff, long with us. He's the Director of Government Relations for the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation. Gray wolves back on the endangered species list again, and Wisconsin farmers and landowners not happy about it. They'll be taking their campaign and conversations now to Washington, D.C., from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yankee.